podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the weekender, Neil Atkinson, Josh Sexton, John Gibbons and Kiever O'Neill with you to talk about the weekend. You heard the show for the first time last week. Hopefully you enjoyed it. So we're talking about the weekend that is to come, Liverpool, uh, the city, Liverpool, the team, Monday night, Crystal Palace, looking back at the Liverpool week and joining us through the show, uh, we have got Andy Kelly to talk about the under-18s and under-23s and the work he's been doing on that and looking forward to the season to come and the World Cup as well and the pre-season tour. We've also got Heather Carroll, uh, talking to Neil Redfern and me uh, and also Neil Fahey as well uh, Liverpool ladies first game this season against Manchester United so that's everything in this jam-packed new show did you enjoy listening to it last week? I did, yeah, I got into it. Yeah, I don't think the weekend section's going to be exactly the same. No, no, no. I mean, unless, <laughs> unless, unless someone's got some operation news to keep it themselves at this stage, it is unlikely that it's going to match I was week. out with Kev on Sunday nights and he was not acting like a man who had a big operation on Monday. I mean, that might surprise everyone. But, uh, I mean, it was his birthday, which is fair play, but... It was making me laugh on Twitter how he was being like... Wished all the best for both for both those occasions. Two, <laughs> two very different occasions, but hugely different. Yeah, happy birthday, Kevin! All the best for everything that is to come. I haven't had any reviews. Have you had any reviews? Um, so. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Excellent. <laughs> Can't argue with the facts, can you? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, then. Uh, that's that's everything, everything that you need uh, to move forward. It's been a strange week at uh, Key, but it's been quite quiet. Uh, there's been the Salad business. We'll come on to talk about that. Uh, there's also been Marco Gruwich, and he's in a, a funny little place. There's a few of these Liverpool players are who either impressed or impressed last season on loan or impressed in pre-season, uh, where all of a sudden now, you know, you're looking at a bench against... You know, first game where where there's there's a number of players who are nowhere near it. Marco Gruwich is one of them. Supposedly, Torino would pay ten million pounds for him after a year's loan. Liverpool have said no. It's hard, isn't it? Because if you Gruwich, you need to be playing. You know, you need to be playing. What does he do next? It's a difficult one. He obviously seems keen not to leave Liverpool, but where is this opening in the team? Like with the midfield, is just packed, isn't it? Really, it's our strongest position. Arguably, we've got loads to come, like Fabinho and. Things like that have just signed. So you're thinking he's young and obviously he's, is he Serbian international? Like yeah. He plays for them. I know he doesn't get that many games, but there is something in him when you watch him, you really do like him as a player. But it, obviously we've rejected Torino and hasn't he rejected Cardiff? So you're thinking he doesn't want to go, but is there a place for him here? I'm not too sure. The, every process you try to set up, John, in any business, it's probably the, the same way. There's always someone who doesn't quite fit that process. And you can see, for instance, this summer, Harry Wilson's gone on loan after signing a new deal. We saw that all the way through last year. Lads signed new deals, suddenly they disappeared off on loan. Gruwich and Liverpool can't seem to come to terms on a new deal, which means that there may not be a loan, or it may be that he doesn't fancy the loans that are being offered, at which point there aren't new deals. And there's always someone who sort of falls through cracks in the way in which everyone's ideal world would operate. Yeah, it's... It's not a situation I feel completely comfortable with, to be honest with you. I know we're sort of all very positive about Liverpool at the moment, and we should be, but it's a little bit of a thing where I think it comes back to, to what you you say a bit that, that, and something that stuck with me, what, what you said, Neil, which was that you want everyone to have a positive experience of, of being at Liverpool, be that, you know, they won't always get to play every week, but, but, but you know, it kind of, you know, it, it worth them coming. And I wonder whether Gruyere just starting to think that, you know, a different move at that stage of his career might have been a better one. You know, he could have he could have had a hundred games under his belt in, albeit at, uh, at not quite as high a level, and be further in his his development. And instead, he's he, he must he must kind of feel like a bit a bit of a man with no home, really. Like uh, I don't know, 
like like the fellow in the airport, Tom Hanks. Yeah, um, the little fellow. Yeah. <laughs> the little fellow in the airport. Um, so that's Craig. Um, <laughs> but it's you know it's it's a difficult one for him, and you know you, we we feel like we've come to a bit of an impasse with it, and 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 you know it's. I don't. I, you feel like he's being held to ransom over this over this new contract a little bit, and we won't sort of let him kind of do an attractive, a decent loan move in, in, until he agrees on that. And I, as I say, I don't feel 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 massively comfortable with it. Although that's probably why I'm not chief executive of Liverpool Football Club. It, it feels like he's a bit in that group of look like young Liverpool players who who are going to get their games in pre-season and probably become them sort of pre-season players. Ryan Kemp being one of them who, who sticks out as always having a good pre-season. I remember Grujic, the first pre-season, I think it's the first pre-season he had with us in 16-17, he scores the best header I've ever seen in my life against Barcelona. Yeah. And when you watch that, you get really excited about him and you think he's going to do really well, but then he, he does just feel like one of them and John's sort of touched on it there where he, he might go on loan a couple of times, but it never you never truly feel like there's a future for him at Liverpool because you never can really see where he fits. Yeah, he's got a real line. problem with how good he is in that if he was better, Better, he'd be playing and if he was yeah. worse we'd have just got rid of him where he said this thing where now we're Liverpool are like he might turn into a really good player you know and so I understand why there's a reluctance to just kind of go I'll just go somewhere else and play because you know they can see all the talents he's got but he's just not quite there in terms of you know as Kiva said you know that midfield looked great without Henderson and Fabinho um, and you know you think Lallana you know is, is probably seen as more of a midfield and now so he's almost got two midfields to get past to get yeah, into actually, the team. I think he's like eight he's yeah. eight from three, from three yeah. like before you include you've seen Curtis Jones it's, it's before you include the Curtis yeah. Jones so it's hard if we could play them all we would but we can't <laughs> It is the rules to do all that. Play it two eight one. One week, see how it goes. It, ended, it all ended well for Tom Hanks, didn't it? In that movie. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if that's career advice for him or not. <laughs> uh, but we can, you know, maybe we'll send that on to his agent. Um, just very quick, there will be games. What, what, what I think could get awkward, Josh, is if you know we get a straightforward League Cup game at home, and for whatever reason, and it could be part of this, he doesn't even get on then. If you know what I mean, you know, you can see that journey to, to a certain extent possibly happening if. If he's not behaving in a way Liverpool would like, and that's where it would further sort of perpetuate what John's saying, where it all feels a little bit mucky. Yeah, absolutely. And and the main thing for Liverpool is as well that they want him to be getting game time. And you know, his 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 future is not best served just sitting on Liverpool's bench. And then, like you say, even when them League Cup games do come around, which which are the ones that you'd, you'd sort of hope are reserved for the younger players and Curtis Jones in particular, and impressing this preseason, you hope he gets a couple over the course. But then you think back to Danny Ward last season, and he gets the one League Cup game where we go out to Leicester. But then for the rest of the season, you think maybe you'll throw him in an FA Cup game, but he doesn't get that. So if Grouch's in a similar situation, you, you only really see. Yeah, and in one way. I've just remembered the saw Marco Gooch in Tesco last week, uh, late night, where, where I like to do my Tesco shopping oh, at yeah. 11 o'clock. And, um, it's where all the big, big hairs do their yeah, shopping. It it's the best time, it's quiet. Um, but him and his missus walked in and then Crocodile Rock came on and his missus went sick. <laughs> she was like made up and I was like well there's something about them isn't there yeah, do you know what I mean absolutely. honestly yeah go, go mad in the food uh, veg house she was one for the teenagers yeah uh, the seller business then um, <laughs> to shift it along it, Kiva what, 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 what did it take you as a Liverpool supporter and certainly doing what we've done you know where we've been out and looked at all this stuff over the last however many weeks is combo sell aside a lot of autographs and you're sort of at the point where a lot of this your concern is it'll justify in some way shape or form players becoming even more distant at times and that's I think that's the, the lesson that we all want to learn from the last few you know a bit period is it's great when you all feel like everyone can muck in together it's a shame if, it's, if, if this results in, in certain players feeling more distant I think it's a shame of what happened because um, 
obviously in America there was like you spoke to Klopp didn't you as well and he said like we want to sign more for our fans we want to do more like have that more inclusive with our fans so you saw that against Torino and Anfield and then you know they are they are people we have to remember that like they're going to be signing a lot of a lot of stuff you could see Salah when he was pitch side in America and and Anfield he was just kept signing and throwing and you know he wants to give a little piece of himself to everyone because you know, a little boy or a girl in the crowd who catches one of them scarves, that's something they're going to remember when they're older, isn't it? Um, I think the fella who recorded him was probably an Everton fan. <laughs> but, you know, that hasn't, um, that hasn't, we haven't, we don't know, but. Um, Let's just say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not great. No, it's not. I've, I've written something about this today, actually, on the Anfield Left website. Coming which, out at five o'clock. Coming out at five o'clock, and Josh says has got uh, two and a half good jokes in. <laughs> no, there was two and a half genuine laughs from me. Okay, so, uh, we'll take that. <laughs> I'm interested in the half. I think it was more of a, <laughs> uh, maybe, but uh, but anyway, but it's it's on this, and it's you know it's it's. I we're trying to talk about is the idea that I mean, you say about how much he signed. Like I've said, like he's probably posed for like ten thousand selfies <laughs> over the summer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and when we were sort of around him, you know, you always think, oh, he'll just, he'll just, he'll just go past these. But he, he seems to stop for every, everything and everyone he could. And you know, he is. They are trying. And, and when people want to try and get at in the, in the, in the article, is that for, for every, you know, we can criticize the club for like, you know, the club seeming distance and stuff. But like, it help as well if we were all less mad. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, when you, when you. You know, running at people in um, you know, in, in parked cars on on main roads and stuff, and it looked quite dangerous. Yeah, yeah, and and expecting him to to kind of do whatever you want, but through this like kind of bizarre thought that well, you know, they want X amount of money or or we contribute to all his wages and stuff like we, you know, as Kiva says, they are people and we don't like own them, and you know, there needs to be like a healthy respect both ways, and it seems like you know the players are trying to give more respect, and and you don't want to see it kind of thrown back in the face really that's what I'm worried about too. I mean he's posing for um, he, he was in Costa Coffee today I have some pictures of him today posing for selfies and stuff uh, one of someone I follow on Twitter kind of throw it, threw it up I can't remember his name I do apologise but uh, you know one of these Twitter people but yeah so he's still like he's still doing bits and he's, still, he's not being put off but you know there is just time and a place and, and that wasn't either it's, it's a shame isn't it because it seems, seems like particularly opposition fans will always try and take these incidents sort of, sort of in isolation so something negative happens around Salah and, and you're going to get opposition fans who are going to be quick to say well he's unprofessional and things like that but then equally you know you've got fans of our club who'll be who'll be crediting the club as well for you know for giving us access to these footballers but you've got to accept that there's, there's going to be a cutting off point and you know when he's when he's sat in traffic in, in his car with his family it's, that's probably where the cutting off point should be it, it should be you know around around the game when he's when he's being told by the club to do it, whether you sort of like that or not, that's that's the club's way of of giving fans this access. But then beyond that, you, you've you've got to have respect, and you've got to like Kiva and John say there, you've got to respect that they're human beings. Exactly, I couldn't agree more with all of that. The other thing I point out as well is that it is different uh, pre-season and season uh, when you're playing competitive matches. It will be different. I said that all the way through the summer. I think Liverpool have done some brilliant work, uh, and it's you know it's been brilliant to see the brilliant work. But the, the converse is it's hard to do brilliant work, and we need to sort of acknowledge that. But therefore be aware of it come November when you know when the sun's no longer on your back you've just drawn two and lost one of three games you're expected to win and suddenly everyone's going well why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing this everyone will just want to will want to lock down uh, thank you very much to Josh John and Kiva for now uh, I'm going to go and talk to Andy Kelly 
Our sponsor on the weekend weekend of this week is Lord Timepieces again. And John's got the watch in front of him this time. You can get 15% off if you go www.lordtimepieces.com forward slash rap. Um, and you I, you listened to it last week, John. We established that before. And everyone was very pleased yeah, with the watch. It was, and it was legit as well, by the way. It was a big hit, yeah. Uh, I was especially pleased with uh, Kev because he's he's always got a nice watch on Kev. And if he hasn't, he'll, he, I've seen him buy them on planes. You know, when you think, who's buying a plane? Who's buying a watch? It's Kev. Yeah, it's Kev. Kev's buying the watches on a Ryanair flight to Alicante because uh, he's not got one or whatever for whatever reason wow. um, so yeah he's uh, he's got a, he's got a couple of day ones as well but he was into it and I can see why um, it's obviously been been in the office for a couple of weeks now but having a good look at it now and yeah it's spot on it looks smart it looks dearer than it is and that's that's a nice thing isn't it because we all like to show off in life yeah. um, so yeah, I think when when it comes, it, it you know it looks like a two three hundred pound watch when you, you go into the site and they're all they're all sort of priced about half that so it's it's a, it's a nicely priced thing and yeah it's a good bit of kit a good bit of kit indeed um, we decided not... who's getting it when the, uh, the sponsorship run ends no we haven't <laughs> and I, that occurred to me today uh, uh, that, that, that you know that that could end up being a conversation at some point about how we're going to decide who's going to get it. It might just end up disappearing. A lot of people shrugging their shoulders, but we shall see. Yeah, it's an online first brand um, which doesn't follow the, the retail model. So that's how they're keeping the prices down while having it look like a good piece of kit. Uh, and that's what it's about, really. And it's it's also like so many of these things. And it's interesting, John, because you know we've we've come through this field. And it's easy to think, well, you're passionate about when you're talking about the footy. But as I said when we're on live shows, that you know, the, there's there's things that people care about and things that they don't. But what you get from for instance, all the, the products that we featured on on this is is this the sense of care from people who are who are passionate about what they do, even if it's just not football. Yeah, yeah, it's been nice for us really because a lot of people. I mean, we get approached every day to kind of try and help sell things, and you know, half the stuff we ignore, um, and then the other there's other stuff where we'll have a chat and, and it doesn't end up happening for whatever reason. But what's been nice about about Lord and a couple of the other things that we've done is that as obviously people who've you know you speak to the people involved and they've got they've got into it because as you say it's what their passion is about it's what they're, they're into do you think they can do do something differently do you think they can do a, a good a better job than than what people are getting and, and and good value and as I say the watch is great so I can't stop looking at it <laughs> so um, yeah it's good it's good and I'm pleased that they've, they've got on board with us and they're supporting us so do try and support them as you say it's lordtimepieces.com uh, forward slash wrap do have a look uh, if you're into your watches or you want to buy one for a present or anything like that do have a little look um, something for everyone and all that and yeah try and support them do try and have a little look and if there's something that takes you fancy then um, yeah there's a discount code wrap the uh, obviously spelled W-R-A-P and that gets you 15% off they're already excellent prices excellent stuff lordtimepieces.com forward slash rap uh, you know where they are about uh, and they want us to say this which is fair fair enough it's up to them master your time master your destiny which is uh, certainly uh, the ethos that John Gibbons lives by and it's what's brought him to where he is today <laughs> I'm joined by Andy Kelly to talk about One for the Future which is a new Anfield rap show but what we're going to be doing throughout the next sort of, well, across the course of the season is just summarising it briefly, uh, talking about the talking points, what there is that's going on, and keeping one eye on the under-23s and the under-18s throughout the course of the campaign. And Andy, the first thing I'd say is, you know, you're close to the academy, you know what's going on. And at the minute, they must be absolutely buzzing, really, with the with Trent, uh, his developments, but also Curtis Jones, Nat Phillips. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of wins suddenly knocking around the place. Oh, I mean, what summer it's been for the academy at COVID. I mean, they must have uh, Alex Inglethorpe, the head of the academy, must have been sat on his summer holidays just thinking with his feet up with a pina colada or whatever his uh, bevy of choices, and uh, just thought it, it can't get much better than this because. 
you know, we've all been used to a few years perhaps where the academy has done okay, but and we've saw players that we thought might come through but haven't quite made it, and maybe you know we've got money for them, and and you know that's been okay. But we've now the academy itself has always said what we need. We don't want a player to get a first team uh, cap if you want or appearance. We want them to get two hundred and fifty. Yeah, and I think in Trent they now have the player who will who you know injury permitting and all those things will can go on and do that and uh, a player who you know was sat there his first world cup and i say first because there's no doubt in my mind that he will yep. be i'm playing in a lot in a, a lot more in future world cups but took a world cup in his stride in the game he played and then you have the summer tour where you've got these players who get their opportunities for whatever reasons whether other players missing all those things and they have to either step up or, or they might not get another chance. And we've seen that from players like um, Nat Phillips, you know, uh, who perhaps at the academy last year was seen as, you know, a good old-fashioned English centre-half stopper. Well, he's shown a massive different part to his <laughs> he game. Really has. He really has. You know, his, his distribution has been incredible. And, it had, you know, and this just shows you that lots of players develop at different stages. And, we, you know, there's a tendency, perhaps, if you're not a star at 18 or 19, that you're not going to be a star. We've seen lots of players prove that. Your Vardy's, your Ian Wright's going back for... Um, Nat Phillips looks like he's a bit of a slow burner and putting him alongside very good players, he's able to produce, it seems, very good performances. Uh, he was a standout on the tour, perhaps the standout of the tour, you know, one of my favourites, Curtis Jones. Mm-hmm. I still remember the first game I saw him from the 18s and coming back to uh, the office and saying to the lads, I've got one for you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, he's done nothing to disprove me since. And, uh, you know, he he just arrived on the scene to the manor born and just looked like he wanted him, uh, to be there and felt like he belonged there. And, uh He's, he's, and he's a homegrown, another homegrown talent at Co. You know, um, I used to write in the Echo about him saying he was from Toxted and his mum didn't like that. Uh, so he's very, he's from, uh, yeah, and I think it was technically inaccurate. It was actually, for, I think, taken from the LFC website, but uh, he's a very much city centre boy. But uh, so right from the heart of the city, and he's, you know, he's a Liverpool lad and he's got that cockiness about him, uh, but he's got the skills to back it up. Is there a little bit of a stress now on where he plays next? And what I mean by that is it's different, you know, I think I think Trent had it two or three seasons ago. I remember seeing him pre-season at Swindon, for instance. And then you have to go back and you have to go back to the to the under 23s saying you've got to you've got to shift it from then. I'm sure you've got to show the right attitude again if you do go back and you're going back and playing at that level, because there'll be somewhere in Curtis Jones's mind, he's watching Liverpool's first eleven last weekend, thinking, I could do that. Well, I half expected to see him on the bench. I come when you saw the bench, you sort of realised why he wasn't on there yeah. because you know our bench now is a thing of absolute beauty, isn't it? You know, in many ways. Um, but I think Curtis is a clever enough lad to know that you you know you 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 have your opportunity, you take it, he's grasped it, uh, he's made his point, and now. He, you know, it may be difficult at times, but you know, in the middle of December when he's heading off to away to Sunderland or something with the twenty threes, uh, in a windy, uh, windy, you know, pitch probably half snow on it, and you know, he's thinking, oh, I was playing in front of a hundred thousand in Michigan yeah. a few months ago, and there's now four men and a dog, the bus is <laughs> broken down, and they've forgotten the Sarnies. You know, that can happen to a player, but that's all going to be you file that under. Um, character building don't we? <laughs> yes, you know they do. so and if he's not up to do that then you know that 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 will say something about him but i think he will be and i think because he's a lad who loves playing football and he'll know that he needs to go now 
Um, you know, he's a lad who hasn't played much under 23s football. Yeah. Like, you know, he only got his under 23s chance last year because of the injury to Brewster, and they became very light. And even then, um, you know, he, he switched between the teams really. So um, he will get his chance at 23s level uh, this season. Uh, I suspect we might see him, uh, you know, at, at Anfield uh, on Friday night against Spurs. And if uh, you know he will be someone that will light up a few pitches this season, and uh, and, and maybe uh, League Cup, and maybe League Cup, uh, and you know, let's hope the League Cup campaign is that little bit longer because we sort of need it to be longer this season. Because and it could be longer because we've got better players to put into that sort of team one down from our ideal team. Yeah. So it's a self-driven. Uh, it's a self-driven prophecy because those players are that bit better that they can then bring a few of those into the team and they can still get through and hopefully we get a few games out of them and um, you know Rafa Camacho of course was the third one who really shone on tour uh, even from right back a position that you know we've not seen him in before generally a much further forward player um, but you know Kurtz is 17 Rafa's 18 Um Nat Phillips a little bit older at, at twenty one, but um, you know these these lads, you know, have all taken a huge step forward in their yeah. careers this summer. And let's hope that you know, you know, they've all had Nat, Nat Phillips missed most of the last season with injury to his back. So you know he's already had a setback in his career. Let's hope he he's on the straight and narrow. Uh, the key question really is: Is there anyone else who you you know who you, who you eager to see against Tottenham on on, on Friday night? For instance, is there a, the two or three who you're thinking they can they can join that club? They can be compete maybe for a league club cup place. Maybe there'll be ones who'll develop. You will see them in next summer's tour and see them hopefully be given and grab opportunities. Who's exciting you coming into the new season? I mean, I love Adam Lewis, um, the left back, um, and. I think he probably only didn't go on the tour this season because he was away with England right. at their Euros, under 19 Euros. And, and that ended up as, a for the team, a disappointing tournament. It went out 5-0 to France in the end. Um, um, and I think Adam probably would have been in the tour bar of that. Um, and, you know, he's he's a player that Steven Gerrard raved about last season. It was easy to see why England Youth International played as a number 10 for, for England at times, but Liverpool have converted him into a left-back. Um, actually ran into him in the summer in, in a park up in up in Heighton and was having a little chat with him. And um, he was asking me sort of what did I think his best position was. And, and, I, and uh, <laughs> I was saying, well, I mean, he always, you know, looks good wherever you play him. But for me, he stands out as a left back because having this, the quality of delivery that Adam has yeah. uh, from, from, from left back, it, it, it stands him out from the crowd. And, uh, you know, his ability from set pieces, from corners and putting those balls in from the left side, I think that, you know, he's got a real chance. Scored a screamer at Anfield against Man United um, yeah. last season, if you remember. And uh, a lad that, you know, I was half thinking, you know, in... In you know six months to a year, if, if he ha- isn't getting games at Liverpool, I wouldn't be surprised to see a certain Glasgow Rangers manager um, on the blower to Anfield going. I wouldn't mind him for for for, for a year if you don't mind. So um, yeah, Adam Lewis is someone really looking forward to. And on the other side, another very talented fullback in Nico Williams. Again, very young lad, Welsh lad from sort of Wrexham area. Um, always looked full of poise for the 18s, and he's getting his chance with the 23s. Uh, this season, so it might be odd to pick out fullbacks. No, um, no, no. But I, but I think those two uh, are going to be great. And I think 
They probably are a little light at this stage in terms of attacking uh, qualities, the 23s, uh, and we will need to see um, uh, Glenn McCauley, uh, the Irish striker who stepped up from the 18s, and Liam Miller, unless he goes out on loan, the Canadian striker, we'll need to see them um, stake their claim for the 23s because neither of them has had the opportunity really to, neither of them has scored a 23s goal yet. Um, and in Glenn's case, hasn't really had the opportunity to and Liam only limited. So um, that, that'll be interesting to see how it develops at the front end of the pitch. And in the middle of the park, this Isaac Christie Davis will be an interesting lad to watch, brought in from Chelsea. He's won two Youth Cups and uh, the European um, mm-hmm. Cup, Youth Cup um, at Chelsea. Uh, Liverpool have managed to uh, grab him away. We saw a little bit of him at the end of last season and uh, started his first game this week. Um, so uh, he plays sort of centre mid. Um, so it'll be interesting to see his development and what a you know what Liverpool uh, you know expect from him. Um, whether he can deliver upon it. Excellent stuff. So Andy's going to be doing this with us for the entirety of the year. Really excited about that. It's one for the future show, but also keeping us up to up to date as well here as well to chat away as to what is happening with the under 18s, under 23s, who's doing what, where, when, and how. Uh, it's the Anfield Wrap. You know this is what we do. Great to speak to Andy there. Uh, earlier today, I also spoke to Neil Redfern and Neve Fahey. Uh, Neve's a new sign at Liverpool Ladies, and Neil Redfern is the new Liverpool Ladies manager. Uh, so I spoke to both of them before their game against Manchester United this weekend. New season and change at Liverpool, ladies. Neil Redfern with me. Neil, 12 in. 12 in is exciting. Plus you. You and 12. It's a... It must be an exciting prospect to get all of these women playing together, gelling together right now and then with the season starting against Man United. Yeah, that's right. I think that was the most important thing, obviously. You know, you're talking maybe six weeks ago, you know, with perhaps four or five players, um, senior players. Um, So it's been a big recruitment drive. But, you know, I think we've recruited really well, I have to say. We've recruited some really experienced players uh, at all levels. And obviously we've got these exciting young players that are still at the club, you know, and I think that um, having these... These, these experienced players is a great backdrop for these young kids, you know, to, to, to blow them into the first team and, and, and make them part of the squad. So, yeah, it's it's exciting times. Like I say, it's a blank canvas. You know, we've, um, we've started again as such as, as putting a squad together, but it's a good place to be. I think as well, like as you said, you have, we have recruited really well. You've brought a lot of players with you from Doncaster Bells that you used to work and which think that will help as we go into the new season. Well, I think the important thing was that is that these girls know me. You know, and they know my methods um, and they know what to expect. You know, I've, I've brought, well, three leaders in, in, in my opinion. You know, Rhiannon Roberts, um, Sophie Bradley and, and, and Leandra Little. Um, they were integral in that Doncaster side. And, and in the end, we finished 10 points clear in WSL2. Um, and obviously, Bells at that point were far too good for that level. Um, so these girls have proven that they can, you know, that they're good enough to play higher up. Um, but it's just the um, it, it makes it easier for the rest of the girls. I think if they've got you know my 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 background, my knowledge. I mean, obviously Leandra's got one foot in both camps. She's on this side with us a little bit, and also in the dressing room, which also is important because you know it it, it gives the girls a little bit of an insight. Um, so I, I think, like you said, we've, we've recruited really well. When you're talking about learning about you, your leadership style, it's a big yeah. thing, isn't it, to come in and have to lead a whole new group of people to have to get them to gel. And there's a lot of, it sounds like you want that to be the shared knowledge of them saying, this is what it's like from last year, this is what you can expect. But it's, it is a big leap for everybody to come in and suddenly have to say, this is the way we're working. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what you've got to try and get over. Um, I think, to be honest with you, I think when, when we're recruiting, and it's always how I've recruited, to be fair, is, is the first of all, I've looked at the people. 
You know, I've not just looked at the players. I mean, we know what the players are capable of because we see them week in, week out, even at other clubs. Um, but I think it's important that we're recruiting good people and people that want to get on and get better because that enthusiasm and that drive drives the club on, you know, and I think that that's what we've got. Um, and then you've got to try and bring them together as a group, as a team. And I think that um, the pre-season's done that. It stood us in good stead. You know, we had a great trip out to, to Germany. We had a couple of really tough games. Had a great result against Bayern Munich, who's probably the best side in Europe at this moment in time. Um, and it gives the girls confidence and it gives them that little bit of belief. I think we've had a really solid pre-season as well in terms of the defence. You know, across seven games, we only conceded three goals. How big a role do you think the formation change has played in that, going to three at the back? Yeah, I mean, that, for me, I think, we, we, you know, as regards different systems and styles of play, I mean, we've got two or three different plans, um, you know, and it's making the girls comfortable with that. I think the three at the back suits what we've got. You know, we've, we've, we've got good balance, left footers, right footers. We've got height and strength and pace and power at the back. Um, and I know from my time at Doncaster, you know, we, we used to keep a lot of clean sheets at Bells um, and it was what everything was built on. You know, we, we used to make it difficult for people. And then with people that could score goals, it's you know it's 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 a simple basic principle really, but um, but it's something that we brought to, to Liverpool, and I think the girls have took to it. Yeah. Speaking of people that score goals, brought in Kirsty Linnett, who's been scoring across pre-season, um, to go alongside Courtney Sweetman-Kirk and Jess Clark up top. Yeah, I mean that 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 is the most important thing, and, and obviously you learn from your experiences through your career. Um, you know, my time at Oldham Athletic when Joe Royal was manager at, at Oldham, we, I think we had six strikers for two spots. You know, and he used to bring them off the bench and rotate them around. And it was the ones that were doing well that were getting in. And But it led to that competition. Yeah. You know, I look at us now, we've got four for two spots. You know, if you put Yana Daniels in there as well. Um, so I think that's quite healthy, you know. And, and, and the girls that are in there have took it in good part. They know there's a bit of competition. You know, they know there's an onus on them to score goals. And that's what you want from it, you know, if, if it breeds that. And, you know, we've got a plan B from the bench. I think it's important that you turn around and look at your people on the bench and think, yeah, we can change this. We can go after teams. Um, so I think that um, the idea of recruiting from that end was, was definitely that. You mentioned when we've already started uh, younger players and yes. want to bring younger players through. I mean, it's it was part of what you did at Bells. Just see it as a massive part of what this club's here to do is to is, is to get the best out of these young people. Well, you, I mean, you've, you've got a great um, area to build from. You know, you, you, you've got a strong um, youth base. You know, we've got a great development group. We've got a good RTC programme. We always bring young kids through. Um, we're not going to get everybody through. That, that's yep. that's football. Um, but you look at what we've got in and around the squad now. People like Neve Charles. I know Rinsola Babajidi was brought from from Watford, but she's only young. Um, Ellie Fletcher, Amy Amy Rogers, Missy Borkens. You know she's had a fantastic pre-season with us. In fact, with Missy, it's it's stopping her playing at all age groups. You know we, we've got to tell her now. You're with the first team. You're not with the devs anymore. She wants to train and play with everybody. <laughs> uh, but it's not a bad trait. You know she's enthusiastic. She wants to play. Um, but these these young players excite me, you know, because I know that we've got the right people in place as regards the experience for them to go and play in the first team. They've already had a little bit of a feel for it, you know, in pre-season um, and they'll only benefit from it. Uh, overhaul of the staff underneath it as well. A couple of announcements made this week. That's exciting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, listen, when you get changes at the top, you're, not, you're always going to get other changes as well. Um, you know, like I said, Chris Kirkland's come in as goalkeeping coach who's, who's a vastly experienced football person. You know, knows the club. He's, he's played played at the for the first team, um, so there's a, a clear link there with everything. Um, Vicky Jepson who's come in as, as as first team coach. Obviously, you know you do your research and your background, and everybody I spoke to about Vicky just glowing reports. She's an outstanding young coach, 
Um, and now we're putting her in a place where she can really affect things. Um, and obviously Zoe, um, Zoe Johnson comes in as um, technical director. Again, she's got great experience at WSL. You know, managed Sheffield FC and, and knows the difference between getting young players and getting them into the first team. So we've got some really experienced people in here. Just touching back on bringing Vicky in, obviously she was development coach last season. Um, she obviously has a great overview of all the youth teams coming through and she's actually seen, she's, I think she was Missy Bocairns as coach when she first started at under nine level. You know, she's seen her come right the way through and now playing for the first team. You know, that, I think that's important, isn't it? Getting those kinds of coaches who've, who do have a belief in uh, bringing the youth through. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Um and I think that you need people who have been here for for a while that understands the club and how the club works. Um, you know, not only she's an outstanding coach, but she's vastly experienced at this football club as regards. She's been here a while. She's been all the way through the age groups. She understands how it works. Um, she made me laugh, actually, when we played Leicester away because Missy scored and had it disallowed. Yeah. And when she scored, she was sort of so excited. She says, I feel like a proud mum. <laughs> and that, but that's a great thing. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You've got somebody who cares for these kids who's coming yeah. through. Um, and obviously she knows them, you know, so she knows the ins and outs of them. Um, so for me, it was a, was a no-brainer to try and try and get Vicky in and around it. Um, Sunday then, uh, first game for Manchester United, first game for you as Liverpool manager. It couldn't be a bigger occasion for either, really. You must be you must be excited to get out there at Brenton Park at 2 o'clock. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, pre-seasons, you know, it's always a good place because you, you, you're sort of trialling things and working with things. But, you know, with the best will in the world, it's you're waiting for the season to start. You know, um, and you couldn't have a bigger game. I mean, obviously, there's, there's not the history as such as with the women with with Manchester United. Obviously, it's 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 born from the men. Um, but I would say that you know, whenever you represent two big clubs like this, then it, it's always going to carry that weight of expectation. And I think that um, the girls are aware of that. I mean, from our point of view, there's no pressure on us at all. You know, we're, we're a brand new side. We've put ourselves together. United's probably in a similar vein. Uh, I mean, obviously they've got big resources, and you know they'll draw on that. But you know we've we've built well, we've, we've built a decent side, and and as an experienced football man, I know things take time. You know it, it, we'll, we'll have some ups and some downs, and some two steps forward, one back. But you know we're in a good place. This the season as a whole, WSL, it's it's shifted again, and there's a lot of change, not just at Liverpool, and it's important to put that over to anyone who's listening. There's been change at every club, numbers of players moving. Firstly, you're excited about the trajectory, but secondly, you're also thinking be good to calm it down over the next couple of years let these footballers find some homes play some football for two or three seasons let crowds get to know them let's just get people flock into the game because it's you know it's a, it's a really good game to watch oh yeah absolutely you know I mean I've I mean, obviously my partner she's you know she she played um, Super League or well women's football uh, played at an high level um, obviously she's commentating now for BT so I've, I've been aware of it. she be biased she's going to slaughter you is she she's probably going to do she's doing, she's doing the core comms on Sunday as well I said if you, get, if, you, if you put one word against us I said you're not coming in I'm, lock, I'm locking you out you're not getting in the house so um, but no I mean I've, I've been in and around or, or, or I've looked at women's football for quite some time now um, and, and the difference that you know how it's got better and better yeah. and it's a real steep upward curve and you know, I think that the powers that be have got to take a lot of credit. The FA, you know, I think they've got to take a lot of credit for that. And obviously, you know, the founders of the Women's Super League. And I think that, um, you know, I think the next step now is is to get that acknowledgement. And I think all the, all the top sides now in the country are looking at that and thinking, you know, this this has got to happen um, because the standards that good. And and I think clubs realise now that they've got to be affiliated with it because it, it is a good way to be. 
Being Heather joined by Neil Farr, you know, a new signer for Liverpool. And just give people a rundown of your CV. You've played everywhere. <laughs> Not as much as Robbie Keane, obviously, but uh, <laughs> getting there. Might try in the after. No, I joke. Uh, yeah, predominantly in the UK with um, Arsenal Chelsea and spent a year in France in Bordeaux. Um, really enjoyed it, but obviously missed the English league and the chance to come to Liverpool uh, a row, so took it. And the chance to come to Liverpool was significant because you're a Liverpool supporter, grew up a Liverpool supporter, always have been. Yeah, exactly. Um, from a very young age, grew up in a house of six boys and, and one sister. So it was, it was a predominantly Liverpool household, me being the youngest. Um, that kind of got fed down to me. And uh, yeah, grew up supporting them, watching all the games, watching following Fowler, the likes of McManaman and all those. And yeah, just continued on with it. So happy enough where it's led now. Yeah, you sort of living up my dream playing for Liverpool. So uh, when um, I was talking to you about Neil before, when I, I described you as um, a Liverpool supporter who's won absolutely everything. I feel like that's a fair description. Yeah, uh, yeah well, yeah, obviously it's a dream to play for your club that you've grew up, grown up supporting. Um, and yeah, exactly when the chance came there, I just I grabbed it with both hands. Uh, so excited to see what can happen this season and hopefully we'll be, we'll be successful with the girls as well. I feel like we'll get a good run in the Cups this year. Obviously, we're starting off on Sunday with a Cup game. Uh, it would be nice to actually go and get some silverware at the end of the year. Yes, for sure. Uh, obviously, that's the big thing that everyone wants to get at the end of the year, a little bit of trophy uh, trophy ready to get your hands on. And it's nice to kick off with Man United on Sunday. And yeah, we'll see We'll see what happens. But I think we'll have a good run. Uh, it's it, it's a big one uh, for a Liverpool debutant, Man United. Uh, certainly with your background as well. We've just been over to Ireland and they're very emphatic on telling us who they think their derby is uh, every single year. But it is, it's bigger than just... I mean, it's big from the, it's a historical moment in that it's, it's the first time that they've got, a, got it's the f- first competitive game of a Man United women's team. And so, you know, you are sort of participating, including Neil Redfern's first game as well, your first game. It's a little bit of history for everyone. Mm, it's nice, exactly. <laughs> it's it's um, You couldn't ask for a better way to kick off the season. Cup game against Man United, being a new, you know, new team and everything in the league and obviously the old historic rivalry that, that sits there. So, yeah, it's, it's a great one for us and everyone's absolutely buzzing and looking forward to it. You know, so about being you know new to Liverpool, you're one of twelve new players. How has that been settling in with so many new faces? Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of us uh, new faces, but it's actually been you know quite easy because there's so many new faces. Usually, you know, when you come into a uh, kind of an established setup, but you you kind of feel a bit out of place or you're, it's harder to fit in. But considering the fact there's so many of us new, it's it's been quite easy and everyone's gelled really well and it's a nice group. So. It's it's been a bit of an easy transition, so that's good. Uh, new formation, at least from this season, from a Liverpool point of view, you're playing in the middle of the back three. There's uh, a lot of a lot of stress on that, really. A lot of stress in that position. A lot of communication involved when you're talking about gel, and you've got to really be able to hit the ground running with your teammates in that in that back three early. Mm, exactly. Um, lucky enough, we've two very vocal people either side of me, and and we've had a lot of transition in pre-season with different faces. So I mean, we've got a lot of big characters there with a lot of experience, so that helps. Um, as well the gaffer's been you know rotating people in and out so everyone knows different positions so it's not just a case of people getting used to one certain position so I think that fluidity and you know experience of being able to mix in and around different positions is going to help us a lot this season and then um, so about the players that you're playing alongside you've got Sophie Bradley to the right and Jazz Matthews to the to the left that's not a bad back three is it no it's not a bad back three at all I mean you'd take it wouldn't you so <laughs> you know obviously we'll be we'll be well tested throughout the season but things have gone well so far in pre-season kept a lot of clean sheets um so it's been a good start so yeah we're just looking to keep that momentum going now 
You're looking to, it's interesting because there's so many changes, but I keep saying this, it's not just for Liverpool. I think if people are looking from afar, they might go, oh, Liverpool have really shook it up. But you look at every club and there's like four, five, six, eight changes right the way through in the shake-up of the division. What are you looking when you're talking about building a, a relationship with your new teammates, building a culture, which is what Neil's got to come and do? Are you all looking to sort of try to perpetuate that, not just for one season, but for two, three? Trying to, trying to, everyone's just trying to put some roots down maybe because that has been a bit chaotic. Yeah, exactly. I think if you look... Uh, throughout the other teams in the league as well there's been a massive change of yeah. player uh, rotas and everything so for us as well Neil has come in and he's said it's more of it's going to be a massive thing culture and getting our identity and having good values and sticking by them and building something yeah. it's not just a one year thing so it's it's a project and you, you can really feel that here so yeah the, the standards are being laid down by him and it's up to us to try and follow them and meet them it's an opportunity, isn't it, Heather, for everyone to sort of to, to get together, a new culture, change of name, you know what I mean, going from ladies to women, which, you know, should be applauded, I'd say. It's good for everyone to suddenly be able to go, yeah, this, something can start here now. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, you know, obviously having followed women for a few years now, this all just feels fresh, you know, this this group feels brilliant, you know, it's being in and around them. It just feels so much like a happier environment and I think, you know, as long as we hit the ground running, we'll have a good year. Hit the ground running. The other thing to point as well is there's this this game against United, and then there's a bit of a break. Can sort of get, get everyone can get their heads together, work out what you're doing, and then kick on properly with the league. The league this season, the games are really consistent for anyone listening, anyone thinking of coming, bringing family, whatever they're thinking of. You know, the games are really consistent, aren't they? Right the way through the season, a long break over Christmas, but apart from that, pretty much every week, apart from international breaks, there's a game Liverpool ladies are playing. Yeah, exactly. It'd be great if we could get a good fan base going. I know Liverpool historically have always had a great fan base. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can add a few more along to that. But yeah, the games are ticking fast and, you know, hopefully we'll bring some exciting football for people to come get behind us. You win on Sunday, two o'clock kickoff, you're going to win? Yeah, I'm going to say yes. We're feeling confident, of course. Uh, we're going for that. We're going for that W. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Thanks to Heather and thanks to Neve. It is the Reds Bet Chat, the Anfield Rap and Reds Better in partnership through 2018. It is a partnership. Should have been clear on our transfer deadline. They show that it's a partnership. We're really, really pleased to be working with them as they are trying to invest in supporter-related courses up and down the country. The Reds Bet element focuses on Liverpool Football Club. Half of their profits, uh, i.e. our losses, uh, they go directly to these courses that they're working on. Um, and yeah, fair play to them for that. Um, we are uh, not trying to push people who don't gamble as it stands. We're not trying to do that at all. Uh, but what we're saying is that if you do consider doing so with Reds bet um right john should we do the specials we go on good special don't we do you know what i listened to the weekender last week um and loads of them came in yeah did you did. notice yeah so storage last goal yep. came in and that was four to one i think yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was four to one i think it was allison clean sheet which was six to five yeah uh, that came in uh, and i think there was one other one as well so yeah if you got on the red Bet specials last night um, sorry last week you were quids in yeah there was a fair few of them knocking around as well for instance there was Salah to score in each of the first three games that one's obviously now still alive yeah but it's a period of the way through and it was a big one for uh, for Liverpool to score 100 or more Premier League yeah, goals yeah. which last week was 25 to 1 and it now finds itself on the red Bet specials at 12s <laughs> <laughs> Some like someone's done, done the maths someone's done some maths there and gone you only need two and a half goals a game and they've you know they're, they're, ahead, of, they're ahead of schedule they're flying these lads <laughs> Uh, and what they may well have done is done the uh, had a little look at the expected goals and gone, yep, okay, that wasn't great. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's reassess. So if you got twenty fives, well done. That's now at twelves. Um, Liverpool top of the league Christmas Day four to one. I don't know. I'm worried about this Man City start that I talked about before, and uh, where the where they're playing Rotherham at home, <laughs> um, and so um, <laughs> I think, ah, um, uh, yeah, I think. Mm, I mean, four to one's decent. But I just, I just, I think we're going to be the ones 
on the outside. Feels like it honestly it does when you look at that fixture list, it does feel like peaky in a Ferguson where yeah. some other playing West Ham at home four times in a month <laughs> and you're going something just does not add up. Yeah. Um I yeah. mean I'm in check, so I don't think anyone checks. Yeah, That's meanwhile we're playing orcs away. <laughs> <laughs> we're absolutely limping off the pitch, having beaten orcs away two one with the last minute winner yeah. and United are cruising to another West Ham victory yeah. uh as they inexorably head towards the Barcelona title. I like <laughs> Um, yeah, what else have we got? We've got um, Mo Salah to win the PFA Player of the Year is 10 to 1. Firmino's 25s and Kaita's 14s. 10 to 1? 10 to 1. That's ridiculous. It's, that feels like a mistake. I feel like everyone should get on that before they realise. 10 to 1? 10 to 1. Or Yeah, 10 to 1, 10 to 1. Yeah. Did you know we won it last year? Uh, maybe they don't, John. Maybe they've not <laughs> checked. Maybe it's going to be like the, the goals thing where someone's going to go, hang on. Um. I just, I know, I know there are other good players in the Premier League, but they're not as good as Mo Salah. So he, as he's the best one. And now De Bruyne is out. Yeah. It was his biggest competition last year for yeah. this award. Yeah. Um, I might put £100 on that. That's uh, begambleaware.org. <laughs> Uh, you can set up your limits on uh, Red Bet, and if someone wants to step in soon, that'd be great. Uh, what else have we got? What else have we got? We have got, um, yep, yeah, Salah to score 30 league goals or more is 3-1 to one for the whole season, not from this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just um, gonna keep saying yes. Uh, Man United, Liverpool to win this weekend, and Man United and Everton to both lose or draw. So if Man United and Everton to fail to win, if we win and they lose or draw, five to one. Uh, I think United still win at Brighton. I'd be surprised if United don't win at Brighton. And to be honest with you, there's the stench of relegation around Southampton already. Um, it's a, it's an astonishing thing how quickly that can hit. But it is the case. Uh, where else have we got? Uh, Alison Becker to save a penalty against Palace's twenties. Oh, okay. Um, they've got tricky players. They have got they? and they got a lot of pens last season. Yeah, so that that'll be a bit of a tempter. Um. Yep. Okay. <laughs> well in Aldo all those picks Everton and Man United to win and Spurs to win by two or more it's 11 to 2 I tell you what he's the bringer of bad tidings isn't he Aldo here <laughs> all those picks well in Aldo lad maybe he just fancies it do you oh, know he will do he's, he's, he's been he's very honest straight. yeah he's not playing to the crowd there is he Aldo <laughs> Aldo's gone so you just want me to do my coupon for you sound this is what I'm going with lads Liverpool to finish fifth <laughs> <laughs> redsbet.com have an exciting season with them well in Aldo absolutely flying fair play, I mean, fair play to him as you say what he's done is he's straight down the line this is what I fancy yeah. Everton, look to the, Everton Southampton's they're going to beat them United are going to well go and get a result of Brighton and Spurs are going to twat full of lads can you price it up for us um, yeah. uh, that's what it works uh, that, that there your Reds Bet specials for this week uh, there's loads of other stuff knocking around on that website as well uh, and there'll be fantasy football stuff going on as the season wears on uh, thank you very much to John we'll get back over with the rest of the show Great to speak to Neve there and Neil. Neil and Neve. Uh, difficult to do back to back that, but we'll all cope. Uh, well, one of the things I might be looking to do this weekend, if you do fancy it, if you if you have got the time, do consider going to see Liverpool Ladies. It's at Prenton Park, which is a bit of a move. Uh, it's at Prenton Park this weekend, so uh, against Manchester United as well, and that's all pretty exciting. And it's actually a semi historic occasion. Manchester United's first uh, football team uh, for women. Uh, competing this weekend at Prenton Park so get in it's like £5 and £2 and season tickets get you in for free etc etc we all know the drill by now John Um, but yeah get down uh, and support if you feel the the need to Um, so what are people doing this weekend you're off I'm I'm going to Mallorca oh yeah I'm off the country yeah Go flying out from from Edinburgh madly enough. Who are you going with? Morning. Just just a mate of mine who lives in Edinburgh, like called Luke. 
He was like a mate, mate from back home who'd, who'd moved up to Edinburgh for his job. So I recognise, I know I should know this. How long are you going for? Uh, I'm going till Tuesday night. So then I'll spend Tuesday night in Edinburgh and then come back on Wednesday. Excellent. Uh, enjoy it. Yeah, Whereabouts in New York are you going? Um, it's, it's by Magaluf, that's all I know, which I feel feel like is the crucial detail. So, um, so you're going to do like a couple of quiet nights and then a couple of loud ones? It's, it'll probably be one of them where like I, I we both start off by setting the ground rules of um, let's end up in Magaluf as, as, as few times as we possibly can and then be there every night. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally turn up with your bags, yeah. like you haven't even been to the hotel, yeah. Uh, that's the moment which is working. Um, Kiva, what, are you, what, what, what have you spotted is happening in Liverpool this weekend? Um, well, I have a lot of big plans and I think I'll get out and about in the city and then Friday night will come and I'll just be sat watching Gardener's World with my mum. So, um, no, hopefully... Nothing uh, wrong with that. No. <laughs> well. Um, <laughs> Monty down appreciation. Well, it is. There is, well, I think at some sort of point soon it is the Southport Flower Show. Uh, people <laughs> want to get stuck into that. Uh, that is uh, that is running this weekend, Kiva, so maybe you can take your mum up there. There you go. So, Monty down on Friday, Gardener's World, we'll get a whole... Excited, then Saturday morning we'll head off to... The Southport Flower Show. Uh, excellent stuff. So uh, like me and Kiva having very different weekends, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, just this weekend, <laughs> Just this weekend, Josh, let's not get carried away. There's this, mad, there's this mad Red Bull thing happening down the front that they're closing oh, roads for, and everyone yeah, terrifies the that. life out of me. Wow, yeah. How dare they close this much of town? I mean, they're yeah. doing it. I'm sure it'll be great, but what is it? Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping it's the, uh, the push cart thing. That only ever seems to be on um, when I go to my uh, wife's house. Uh, well, my wife lives with me, obviously, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's how marriages work. Uh, her mum and dad's, when I go around, the brother's always watching it, and I get really into it and then think, I must watch that again. And then I don't. What is it, the soapbox thing? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. My, yeah. That's, so that's in Liverpool this weekend? Well, I don't know what I'm it is. Just, just, that, that's the only thing I know about with Red Bull. Apart from all, they could be doing that thing where you try and fly over the Mersey. Oh, that would be amazing. They, they like doing things without engines, basically, as long as it's something you build and it's just like wheels or feathers then they'll let you have a go uh, it's called the drift shifters event oh, I've got no idea good. what a drift shifter is no, um, and I mean we could have researched this section and then we'd have it all written down in front of us but instead we decided to very much fly by the sweet I like we just know the roads are closed yeah that's the, my main bit of information I keep seeing the yellow <laughs> signs everywhere it's dreamt up by drifting legend Mad Mike where Wizards it says here oh yeah uh, to remove yeah. the uncertainty around judges decisions in drifting honestly oh that's been that's been annoying me for years honestly <laughs> Honestly, it's like this is the, uh, this is like the, uh, I don't know whether or not I feel old or young not knowing this, <laughs> and I could sort of do the clarification from somebody. I think I don't think this is a young man's game drifting, like don't you? No, I've seen Mad Mike there, and I think you're right. There's Fanger <laughs> Dan Woolhouse. Um, oh, he's an interesting fellow. He is an interesting fellow. There's Forrest, Forrest Wang. Forrest Wang. <laughs> there's Gaz Whiter. Uh, he's he's involved in this, uh, and there's Abdo Fagali, whose nickname is Dado. Um, are they actually racing proper cars and that? Not like once they built in the shed. They look like proper cars. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, <laughs> that is a shame. Yeah, it says here what the make and the make of the car and the model is and all that sort of stuff. In case you were wondering, Fanger Dan Wallhouse's career highlights. It was the D1NZ New Zealand Drift Champion 2013. And what a night that was! Uh, <laughs> I remember it well. Uh, huge. He's looking to he's looking to kick on five years on. Uh, John, what are you looking at this weekend? Well, as any committed alcoholic knows, my weekend starts as soon as this. Program finishes um, <laughs> with a pipe with Chris Holding, and then I'm, I'm out with the, the wife and my dad tonight for something to eat. Uh, I'm not sure where yet. Tomorrow I'm going to hit Smithdown Road, I think. Um, Smithdown Road, if people aren't 
in Liverpool and stuff and are ever here for a bit of a time. It's worth a bit of a look. They're having a bit of a go. It's like uh, it's like Lark Lane, but a little bit more rough around the edges and more likely to get run over. Um, but there's, there's more and more bars kind of happening on there. So on Friday, I'm going to Eva Life for something to eat, which is a really good kind of burrito place. Um, but they've often got a bit of music on. And then I've noticed also uh, there's a new bar called, well, newish bar called Cafe Room. Um, which which does all kind of real and stuff like that, but they've got three punk bands on a Friday night, which I'm just intrigued by. Hello. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think it's poppier side of punk. You know what I mean? I don't think anyone's spitting. Uh, what well, I hope not. I'm taking my wife, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but no, just I just it's good. It's, I like it when stuff. John, happens. she'll spit back. <laughs> I know she's from Bill, uh, but I'm just always glad when things kind of you know happening a bit outside the city, and obviously there's a few established bars, kind of and restaurants, um, Smith Down Road way that have been there for ages, but some really good new ones as well, and all kind of you know are you trying to do something different so I'm going to have a little bit of I used to live around there so like so a bit of a explore, explore Smith Down Roadway on uh, Friday night and uh, see what they're saying uh, right. which I'm looking forward to and then Saturday um, I just want to give a bit of a shout out to a band called Silent K, who people might not know, who were playing the Zanzibar on a Saturday night. It's Dave from the Zootons. It's his new band, but he's very much kind of backseat in it. It's a guy called Chris, who's the front man, um, who's, who's an incredible front man. He's a really good musician. He's been playing on, on sorts of scene for, for a while. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a kind of Liverpool supergroup, really. Although if you're not from Liverpool, it would really be Dave, who you know. But they're really, really good. And Last time I saw them, absolutely blew me away. So check out Silent K and if you're in Liverpool, Saturday United, they're playing the Zanzibar. And the Zanzibar's nice as well. It's, you know, in a world of change, it's nice that the Zanzibar doesn't. Uh, excellent stuff, yeah. No, very much doesn't change. Uh, not coming to that. I'm going tonight. Uh, so we're recording this on Thursday. That's why you can get this at 8 a.m. on your Friday mornings. Uh, we recorded last thing Thursday. Tonight I'm going to see Showgirls at the Output Gallery as part of the Empty Spaces Cinema Project that Laura Brown works on. As in the film? As in the film. Not actual Showgirls themselves. No, I just thought it might be like a, a theatre adaption. No, no, no. It's the film. Uh, so it's in the Output Gallery on Seal Street. And uh, they're, they're doing stuff. Uh, a couple of days later, they're doing uh, Clerks, George Henry Lee. Uh, so it's all it's all uh, the empty the, the the empty spaces cinema getting into spaces and put and, and putting films on that are currently used. So I'm really looking forward to that. And they're also doing a little shop of horrors at George Henry Lee on the 26th of August because uh, it's currently now shut, obviously with the former Rapid Hardware. Yeah. Um, so that's I was wondering the other day what they're going to do with BHS. Massive, isn't it? It Which is massive. It just looks like it's a bit of an eyesore. Which yeah, they're doing something with it at the minute. They've put all something's that. going on. Yeah, I don't know what. Texting. You got any ideas, Kiva? Just guess, Bowler Alley. JD. JD There's loads of stuff in the empty, cinema, uh, empty Spaces Cinema going on right the way up until um, the end of September. So if you want to check that out, it's just emptyspacescinema.com and you can see all of that there. Uh, so that's been our weekender section of the weekender. Uh, we'll be back in a second uh, to talk about the game. It is the weekender, and we are looking right the way ahead to Monday, skipping Saturday and Sunday. Liverpool play Crystal Palace, they go to Selhurst Park. And Josh, it's not going to be a straightforward game. They've got pace, they've got power. They've not really, they've made, they've made purchases, but they didn't play any of them last weekend. It's unlikely, uh, they're likely to go with a similar side against Liverpool, maybe one uh, one addition. So we know what we're getting, we're getting what we got last season. But what we got last season, we we had to scrap to get through and get a, get a tight victory. Yeah, I think most of the time, you know what you're getting from a, from a Roy Hodgson team, but, but this Palace side, in terms of the actual makeup of it are probably one of the better Roy Hodgson sides we've seen there's, there's players who are who are capable of showing a bit of flair in there albeit the Hodgie will, will soon manage that out of them if, <laughs> if it's still within them but it's yeah like you say players with a lot of pace you think about Zaha last season who who had a particularly good game where sort of you saw Trent suffer for that 
Um, that Wambasaka at right back as well is someone who who who's definitely worth highlighting. He's he's he, I think he can be a bag of tricks when he wants to be same with Van Aanholt on the left hand side. So Liverpool's wide players in, in particular have to be on it. But when you look at who Liverpool's wide players are, you expect that they they very much will. You expect us to be on it, Kiva, but it is worth you know we've, we, we there's no cheap win here, and I think that's the thing. I think you sort of got to the point with Palace, where sorry with West Ham in the first game, where you could see West Ham the last half an hour. It was a bit of a stroll. It was almost like a pre-season friendly for both sides. Whereas we're unlikely to get that far ahead with Palace, even if we do touch those sort of distances that at home it's Monday night they're on the telly they'll be scrapping for the lives it's just going to be our first intense game of the of the season yeah I think going to Selhurst Park on a Monday night brings back you know some difficult memories for us all um but it, it it's a difficult ground to go and they are an energetic side I just think we've got to kick on and with playing on the Monday night it's kind of like everyone seems to watch the Monday night football with Carrot and Neville obviously and um, you know, Evans like intensified well more on like Twitter and stuff. Rival fans will give us so. I just want us to be in cruise control again, like we was against West Ham. It's it is the thing is, John. You know how everyone else has done, but you probably don't even need that. You know, Manchester City, for instance, the side we're all watching. They're at home to Huddersfield, and yes, Huddersfield held them towards the end of last season at the Etihad. But you'd be surprised if that happened again. United going to Brighton, and it almost feels a bit unfair. Spurs at home to Fulham. That at this stage of the season, when in years gone by, you've been able to say, "Well, let's not even look at the league table until we're seven games in." That's a luxury that football clubs can't really afford now. Every game because of how many points that you know City got last season, Chelsea got the year before. Every game just has this additional pressure on it yeah it does. I mean City's first six seven games are just unreal like I'm sure they're playing two teams in League One honestly <laughs> it's like you just look at it going how has this happened and so I wouldn't expect you'd be surprised if they didn't win them all sort of when you look at them you know like one draw max when you, you know anything more than that would be a real shock and so, you, so you're looking at it like that and then so we're in a situation where you know, it is a long season, but you, you don't want to be chasing too much. You don't want to be giving Man City too much of a head start because then, you know, the confidence is up and they're, and they're, and they're flying and, and they probably start thinking, oh, it's another season like last one. Whereas, you know, you want them to be feeling a little bit more pressure and just putting that on and, and seeing how they react to that. So I think, you know, look, the other, the other sides, we have got the toughest game of the season, but that, that sorry, of the weekend toughest game of the weekend of all the big sides but that allows you to kind of make a bit of a statement as well you know what I mean if Liverpool can go to Palace and, and shine and be on top and prove they're the dominant team then people will be thinking well you know this Liverpool team mean business they're not just rolling over the teams at home that they're meant to yeah. they're going to these tougher ways and winning as well um, How are we going to do it? Zaha's probably pound for pound the most important footballer in the Premier League Josh mm. there's a direct correlation between when he plays and when he doesn't and Crystal Palace's success he hurt his last season it's fair to say um, Alexander-Arnold played that game we haven't got Lovren uh, Lovren was on the bench last year Gomez uh, will be will be at centre-half is there a, a little bit of a selection quandary for the manager at right back at holding midfield I don't think so. No, I think when when Trent had that had that bad game last year, it was, it was actually probably the the sort of turning point for him because I think uh, United United away came before that, so he'd had the sort yeah. of two difficult games on the on the bounce, and then he really kicked on from there. And, and I think we're looking at a, a much different footballer now, and and Trent will be you know looking to get his teeth sunk into sunk into Zaha in, in a in a metaphorical sense as well because he'll 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 remember that from last season. He's he's someone who obviously analyzes his own performance as, as much as anyone else's, and and he'll want to get his his sort of own back for that last season. So I imagine that that Trent starts again in terms of what you do in the centre. It. 
it almost feels like it, it doesn't matter as much as probably what you do at right back because if they do start Benteke again, then Benteke had an absolute shocker last season, and that's not to say they'll he'll have that again. But you know, <laughs> but but you see, I argue with that. The reason why I'd argue with that is the reason why he he doesn't score and he misses big chances. But firstly, he's in the positions, and secondly, he's winning those headers. Yeah. And my question mark on that, Josh, is: Do you see Wijnaldum standing on his toes? Do you see Milner standing on his toes? Milner, well, that's, he's capable of everything. Yeah. But who's going to sit there and start and at least make it hard for him for winning the headers? And that's the other thing, isn't it? That the, the, the midfield looks a bit of a, of a different shape last year. I'm not actually sure what the midfield was. Was would last you be tempted to pick Fabinho then, well, I I wonder if you pick Henderson, uh, but I I think if Fabinho maybe it starts last week. He's more defensive, isn't he? He's more. I think either of them, but they're also literally bigger lads, and I know yeah. that sounds really basic. But the idea that you're suddenly saying to Wijnaldum, who's five ten, you've got a scrap in the air with Benteke, yeah. is you know, and we've seen. Trust me, we've seen Henderson lose headers, and we've seen, and we will see Fabinho lose headers. But what but Fabinho did, sorry, to what I thought was really interested in pre-season was what Fabinho did. Is he dropped? He played was playing sweeper some of the time, yeah. so he was almost for 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 goal kicks and for free kicks in in the half or whatever. He was dropping deeper than the centre halves, and he was saying, "You just go and win that either." And if you don't, I'm here. And so he was. He's almost kind of like, you know, behind what he what he was like a little bit behind the two centre halves. And I wonder whether that's something Klopp might have an eye on. I might think, well, playing for Bino and and how deep he naturally comes is it's not something you need to tell him to. It's, it's his game. Klopp's almost said to him he needs to start playing further up for Liverpool, Donny. But maybe this game he might have an eye on is you know is is that a, is that a tactic? Is that something you can say? You just try, you both are centered off, so you just try and win everything. And if you don't, don't worry because he'll be there. That's what I wonder they might do, whether it's with yeah. him or with Henderson or, or, you know, do something a little bit different. I think it's tough to imagine going with literally the same midfield. But then there's a flip side of that, which is, you he's know, which, who'd you drop? And, yeah. and imagine having that conversation if you're the I manager. It would be a difficult first game for Fabino anyway. It's a Monday night Completely in Park. It's intense anyway, like I've mentioned. And uh, I don't know, do you keep him for next week or bring him on when we're winning? You know, I just don't want him to like, because this could really have a real impact on how fans perceive him throughout the season. If he if he has a really good game, then we go, that was a difficult game, but he bossed it, didn't he? If he doesn't, then... But... My flip side on this one, Kiva, is I actually think maybe to start the season, we were all really impressed with him last weekend, but I actually think we might see more of Kiter away from home. When the sides are a bit more open, there's a little bit more space for him to drive into. I think that you know this could suit him here. If, if Palace do get a bit of a head of steam up, suddenly we could see what he can do when he's carrying the ball on the counter-attack. Yeah, it's perfect. Perfect kind of pitch and everything. You can just you can picture him literally just absolutely pulling strings and, you know, he's... A, yeah, I just can't wait to watch him again. I just want to watch him again. <laughs> you well, you wouldn't you'd be picking him for certain, wouldn't you, John? I mean, I think Kite is the one who's all the way through the season pretty much. I think will have his place relatively secure. You can see other players being used in patches, but you struggle to see uh, Jurgen Klopp not picking Nabi Kite. Well, certainly these first four games because it's a game a week, isn't it? And you want him to get going. Yeah, I mean he's got going already, hasn't he? But but he, he'll be wanting to play. He'll be wanting, to, you know, thinking he's learning more and more about his teammates each week, learning more about the league and. You know, you wouldn't take that away from him. The time to maybe rotate him is when the European football starts and you're thinking, well, you know, I'm sure his recovery times are really good, but, you know, you, you're thinking maybe, well, you know, is, is you want to protect him a little bit and give it give a few other lads to go. But but look, until we get to that part of the season, I think we're wise to just 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 keep him going, just keep him paying along and just and just and just keep him, you know, in that team and, and, and learning about and what those from three want because there's a lot more from him. 
And K- K- sorry, Neil, Kate will be crucial for those games as well, these games in particular, because you imagine that when, when Liverpool have the ball, Palace will sort of sit back and, and try and be compact. And that's when sometimes last season you felt as though there was a bit of a disconnect between the between the midfield and the forwards because you got the midfielders sort of passing it from side to side, but the forwards weren't really able to do anything in, in terms of getting into spaces. So you imagine that Kaita being, being a bit more of a live wire and, and being a bit more on the ball, driving at players will will help you know the front three be able to pull around and you'll see more interchanging between the four of them perhaps and see Kaita actually getting among the goals as well. Um, Mane versus Wambasaka. you mentioned him before Josh it's going to be he was, he was meant to be excellent last week Wambasaka spoke to Robbie Scotcher before who supports Palace and he was raving about him again kept Sessegnon in his pocket last week uh, no struggle there he's he, he, he's impressing Wambasaka at the minute every single time he takes the pitch it's only going to be his 10th or 12th senior appearance but there's a lot of talk about him all of a sudden but Mane two goals last weekend it, you feel as though that could be where the contest is won and lost yeah and, and you imagine it's, it's as much of a, of a mental thing going into it for Wambasaka. you imagine when he's coming up against someone like Ryan Sessegnon who's who's probably someone that you know he's been involved in, in the sort of younger England setups with and, and perhaps even in your sort of under 18s and under 23s football he, he might have come up against him or come up against sort of players of, of the likes of his but he probably hasn't come up against someone like Mane very much particularly in the way that Mane plays for Liverpool and the way that he's he's almost the deepest of them front three players like a as a wide sort of ten so he's he'll have to be right on his game to, to keep Mane quiet but it's, it's not just that is it because you, you talk about keeping Mane quiet but then quite easily he could be looking at Mane and going well I've got to focus on him and then all of a sudden Salah's right there in front of you and all of a sudden Firmino's in front of you okay, so, so, exactly so there's, 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 there's much more to focus on than, than you'd imagine he'd, he had against uh, against Sessegnon at Fulham but it's, it's, it's going to be a bigger test and when Willie match it we'll have to wait and see uh, Prediction Kiva 3-0 Wow 3-0 Liverpool awesome Josh uh, I said 3-1 on, on the team talk last week for the West Ham game was wrong but I'm going to go with 3-1 again 3-1 again you relaxed reclined Mallorca and Beaches John <laughs> 2-1 I think Liverpool but I think it'll be a tough one I think it's going to be really really tough indeed Liverpool go to Crystal Palace on Monday thank you very much to Kiva to John to Josh uh, to Neil and to Neve, Heather as well and Andy Kelly cast of thousands as ever that's the way we like to do it on this show uh, it's been your weekender Sports Social Podcast Network